Welcome everyone to the Retail Corner Podcast from Proxima 360. The purpose of our podcast is to bring a relaxed and educational environment to discuss the current retail landscape, best of breed products, and retail business best practices. You will always find us talking with business users, technical resources, and retail experts on how they are and where they are headed. I am your host, Carlos Diaz. to the Retail Corner Podcast. We're very excited uh, to have one more episode for you guys. Today, we're going to be talking about algo retailing. And what exactly is algo retailing? It is the balance between the science and the art and how every retail business is pursuing the perfect balance in order to elevate their business and better improve their sales. So with further ado, I'm going to introduce our panelists. First and foremost, we have Anil Regesi, who has over 20 years experience in the retail sector. He's implemented uh, complex ERP solutions for multiple multi-billion dollar clients uh, in enterprise retail. Anil, very nice to have you today. And then we also have Alexandra Anderson, who is uh, been a senior director in finance. She has over 20 years experience in the retail sector, uh, and she has very much dealt with uh, FP&A and inventory management and audits and uh, software systems as well. Welcome to have you, Alexandra, as well. And then last but not least, we have Vinay Ramesh, who has been actually trained in MIT as a computer scientist and has over a decade experience in successful AI and data analytics as an entrepreneur. Uh, Vinay was actually named uh, 30 under 30 in Forbes, and his recognition for his entrepreneurial work has been phenomenal. So thank you so much for joining us, Vinay. It is a pleasure to have you as well. Uh, with with that, I'm gonna kind of talk about algo retailing, right? That is kind of the, the big problem that all the retailers are facing today. They're moving into algo retailing. They're trying to find that balance between the science and the art, right? They're trying to understand how, by using artificial intelligence, can they further improve their business? Uh, so one of the big challenges, obviously, is a lot of ad hoc reporting, right? Today. Before algo retailing, everybody was using spreadsheets. Uh, you had multiple resources in multiple different departments, building all the reports through spreadsheets. So Alexandra, can you tell us a little bit more about that? What is the expectations that you guys as a business users have with algo retailing, with artificial intelligence and bringing all of that technology into uh, the typical operations and the overall, the overall analysis of the business? Yeah, sure. So, I mean, doing analysis and forecasting in general can become very complex. Um, it requires so much data collection and depending on your BI tools and capabilities there, how much you have um, could be an issue. So much working with um, different partners and other parts of the organization and really trying to collect and assess and analyze all the variables that are going on. And with retail being an ever-changing landscape, and then especially this year as well with COVID and the challenges that brought in, um, it really got down to, is there a way that we could do this better that could make it easier, right? Um, there are so many inefficiencies with the way that analysis is done. Um, so many spreadsheets and different versions of spreadsheets. 
And then you're doing what if scenarios and what if planning and having to make adjustments and come back and forth. Um, and it's a very repetitive cycle that uh, takes a lot of work and a lot of time. And there's so much technology out there today that it's like there's got to be a way to be able to use the technology we have today to enable the analysis and the human um, part that what that's limited with FPNA and cash forecasting as well to make that a better solution overall. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree with you. And I mean, I remember when I was internal to the retail industry uh, and I remember how many people would create all these reports. And right to your point, you have a big, big, big problem when it comes to potential manual error, right? Because everybody's building the reports. And I think most importantly, so much energy is invested today in building the reports and coming up with the actual way to ask the question versus analyzing the solution, right? It's like 80% of the time yeah. comes on building that report and 20% you're actually analyzing, which kind of limits the flow of creativity, right? Into asking further questions in a way. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, absolutely. And then each time you have something that changes, you have to go back to figure out where in your models or how many steps back does it need to be adjusted. Um, and that takes a lot of time of time that should be able to be used on the actual analysis and decision-making and presenting information to your leadership or your business on, on what to do and directions to take. So. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And, and with that, I want to maybe, Anil, if you can shed some light into this, right? I know you guys, you are like the perfect liaison between the business world and the technical world. And where do you see AI as it stands today, right? And the capabilities that it has today in order to actually facilitate the expectations that all the business users like Alexandra has. Yeah, definitely. Thanks, Carlos. Um, thank you, Alex. Uh, I, I think uh, the way you stated the problem, right? If I try to slice this in uh, different segments, I think the opportunity we have is one is gather the data. And then once you gather that data, then analyze the data. And once you analyze the data, you need to understand different options that comes with the data. And once you have all those options, then the next thing is to present that data. In a way, it is very easier presentable to the audience who are presenting this information to. And then once you presented that data, then we choose an option from those presentation. And once you have those options selected, then we need to actually monitor that data and basically to monitor uh, the data to explain any deviations from the actuals to the decisions the decisions we have done based on that data so this is this is the landscape uh, business user goes through right uh, i mean whether we like it or not this is an extensive collaborative process very time consuming um in the in the today's today's world right because we have to use the from alex's perspective she has to use numerous spreadsheets um, to kind of arrive at what we just discussed. And even to gather the information and analyze the information, that's very time consuming. And especially the, the FPNA organization in general is a very lean, efficient organization who doesn't have that kind of uh, bandwidth to kind of do all these things in and present all these things in a very short amount of time. And especially with COVID, things have became a lot more complex than it used to be, right? It was it was very complex to begin with, right? 
And I think that's where uh, we saw an opportunity of doing things little unconventionally. So the conventional ways we have a data warehouse where you have all this data or a data lake, you extract all this information, put it into a spreadsheet and do all this analysis based on based on the various parameters from a human experience standpoint. And I think that's, and the one thing with this analysis is the more the elements are, more the variables are, it's a lot more complex. And I mean, beyond that point, it's impossible to do this analysis also. I think that's where we saw an opportunity to do these things very differently, right? Because one natural way uh, for a machine learning solution is the moment you increase the variables, the better the solution is going to be. And that's where we saw an opportunity with the machine learning, artificial intelligence, having um, uh, uh, the, the system learn different scenarios and create predictive models based on those scenarios and where a human can be there to kind of adjust those scenarios. But that's that's where the opportunity we saw. No, and I think that's a very valid point, right? Because it's not just the opportunity of facilitating these things and making it faster, but I think one of the key elements that you're talking about, you know, you and Alexa so well, is the more time that is invested in actually analyzing the data, right? And being creative and thinking outside the box and how do we improve the business versus as of today, so much time is being invested in how do we create the reports, right? And then you spend all this amount of time in creating those elaborate reports uh, to use them for a one question and you probably might never use them again, right? And then uh, you wanna come back and create a separate question. So by using AI to your point, Anil, they'll be able to actually ask further and further questions into the business and more importantly, to react faster, right? Because as we all know, time is money, especially in retail, right? The merchandise has to be at the right time, at the right place for the right customer. And with that, all of the reaction, all of that cycle, when you reduce it, and when the time frame in order to take action becomes so much smaller, then you're actually able to make further impactful decisions into your holidays, into your special events, special promotions at the stores, how they're behaving, how things are acting, and how can you improve uh, the, the, the kind of the path forward, right, into better influence the customer into making that purchasing decision. I think the uh, the way that I like to think about it is that the machine learning flips the problem of so many variables and so many things changing into it being a benefit. That the more variables and the more data that's provided, the better the machine learning and the predictive analysis becomes. Where without it, that's what, that becomes the problem on the human side of it. The more and more variables, the more and more you have to change your model, it, um, you start to get more errors and less accuracy. It literally flips that problem into an actual benefit and something to utilize to create a capability. Absolutely, absolutely. And with that, I mean, there's a lot of tools that are starting to come out into the market, right, that have some relevance of AI uh, I know, especially in the FBNA segment, uh, you know, there's more and more interest into looking at potential tools out in the market. But realistically, a tool that does not depend on spreadsheets, a tool that does not depend on all these, uh, you know, still human interaction, right? So all these tools that are out there, I've played with them. I'm sure Alexa, you've done as well, and Anil, and they still require very, very heavy level 
of human engagement, right? In order to actually extract the information in the way that is beneficial for the business. And, and with that, I know you guys together have, you know, combined your minds and brought up something very, very special that's going to be coming out into the market. And it's called Adivino. And it's really this AI tool for FPNA. Uh, so can you guys explain a little bit more what Adivino is? What, why is this different than everything else that's out in the market today? Yeah, definitely, Carlos, and uh, uh, I would uh, I would ask Nayakskal also how the how we are different from a um, lot of machine learning models, right? Um, but uh, holistically, I think uh, the approach is forecasting and optimization is not not a new problem. There are numerous solutions out there. Um, IBM has the solutions. There there are a lot of different solutions uh, in terms of optimization. Now the the thing with the optimization solutions is it's an algorithm which which needs to be changed right based on the scenarios that is that is different and the problem with all these algorithms today is um, when these algorithms are changed or when the scenarios change to an extent in which this algorithm doesn't work anymore we need someone to actually make changes in the program itself um, and, and that's where a lot of solutions today um, doesn't have that capability to, or the flexibility to adapt based on the change in demands and the needs. Um, when I, uh, you can you can explain it. It's your uh, forte uh, in terms of like doing a Gaussian algorithm and things like that. How do, how do you do that? Like you know, very differently compared to uh, compared to optimization tools which is there today. Yeah, so I think that there's um, a few aspects. On one hand, there's a lot of uh, very technical tools that you know are very have very advanced algorithms, but they're not um, accessible to the to the retail practitioner who needs to you know make decisions every day. And on the other hand, there's uh, you know tools that are kind of made for the retailers, but don't have those powerful algorithms. Um, incorporated. And the trick is, how do you get something that's right, just the right balance of each? So with machine learning, one is, you know, you can speed up the time to actually, and to or remove the time from doing the manual work of, you know, getting many variables in one place. And then um, you can also use machine learning to do things like incorporate multiple models. Um, for example, in retail, uh, you have a lot of seasonality in the data. So with machine learning, you can take into account the what the data is telling you, what the seasonality is telling you, what the demand is telling you all in one place. And the final aspect is um, you want the machine learning to actually take into account the practitioner's experience, right? Um, you know, all uh, data doesn't always tell the the full story. So, for example, this last year with COVID, um, pretty much all of the other you know optimization tools are completely reliant on past only on past data. Which means, um, but the problem is this year with COVID again, uh, the data from this year doesn't look anything like past years. So, you know, with some of these new machine learning techniques, we can actually take into account the, you know, the finance professional or the retail professional's experience and allow them to, you know, change the model to reflect that so that they, that way they can augment the data with, um, you know, their experience as a professional um, 
in the space as they're observing what's actually happening in 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 the real world. So, those are the the main components where um, a lot of existing solutions fall short, and that's kind of why you know we as a group got together to to try and address those. Okay. Okay. That's, that's extremely interesting. So if I'm understanding correctly, right. And, and you guys correct me if I'm wrong, just for our audience out there, really the big difference with you and what Adivino is and what you guys have developed together is that your tool has the capability of actually rationalizing and enhancing its own learning experience, right? So you're, you're going to be able to feed data into it, but there's no limitation as far as, hey, report A can only do this much, right? And then once report A's capability comes to its threshold, then guess what? You're going to need to call the IT company that you requested this product from, and you're going to have to pay $10,000, $20,000 in order to tweak that report or enhance that report, because obviously you're, gonna, you're not going to have the talent in-house in order to edit that particular report. And then it becomes a repetitive, very expensive cycle every time you want to go out there and find out the question to a new solution, or even simply just tweak a little bit the report because some particular elements have changed, right? With your tool, the user, the business user, not the IT department within the organization, not anybody else, but the actual user will have the capability to engage with the dashboard, make those changes, and then the tool itself will know it to react to those changes effectively and report back on the data. It, I mean, am I kind of mm -hmm. encompassing what you guys are doing correctly? Exactly, yeah. exactly. And I think yeah. it goes back to the, the theme of bringing together the art and science, right? Um, the art is bringing together what the, you know, the business user knows and the science is the data. So, you know, with, with this tool, we allow kind of both to coexist uh, very nicely and business user, exactly like you said, can update the report, tweak it, change it instantaneously which is what the machine learning enables and takes into account all the data um, as well. Wow. No, that, that's fascinating because then you're right. It's becoming very cost effective. It's becoming very user friendly and most importantly, right. It's allowing the business once again to react quickly to the things they need to change. Right. To, in my opinion, that is like the biggest add value, right. That I'm actually going to be engaging with the most ultimate level of scientists, right? This machine that has the capability of learning over and over again with further capability than any of us will ever have. And to give you feedback in order to react to your business and to be able to make more profitable decisions, you know? I mean, what else can you want out there in the market? That's very exciting. And so with that, um, what do you guys see, obviously the next big question, right? That comes to my mind, I'm sure a lot of executives' minds is, well, what's the time frame to implement this tool? What is my training cycle, right? What am I looking at? Am I, am I going to be able to put this quickly and, and, and use it within my organization? Am I going to have to waste a lot of time training resources and go into the turnover cycle of every time I get a new resource, now I have to invest in training or rehire Proxima in order to train the users? What does that look like? <laughs> So, uh, Carlos, a couple of, couple of things I, I would add um, um, from that perspective, right? So, I think when we designed the tool, I think we had one, one perspective in mind, right? Which, which is like, we need to have the interface the simplest we can get, right? So, our whole approach of the graphical solution, which uh, the user would interact with, 
is um, very self uh, capability to learn um, without too much of training right so it has all that uh, the information presented in a graphical interface in a way it is very self explanatory that is one thing the second is we have designed it from two perspective one is from an executive perspective and an average users perspective so we have two aspects of the tool uh, where uh, the executive would look at um, tweaking some of the variables whereas the um, the clerk who's actually the fpna person who's actually tweaking some of those things so we have both of these views uh, which kind of uh, gives a perspective of how the solution is going to be uh, alex if you want to add uh, how how the yep. user interface and how the interaction looks like from the tool Yeah, absolutely. Well, when you so looking at it from the finance or the FP&A perspective, right? A lot of the understanding of the business and what are the important pieces that they're looking at that that is going to be a human aspect that has to come. They understand the business, or they know what the leadership is looking for, or what they're dealing with. But what's great about it is if you wanted to literally hone in and increase the sensitivity on you know just sales for these last four weeks. to understand the cash flow or i want to take advantage of perhaps discounts on terms uh, on a payable piece or not take discounts on terms there's so many different pieces where you can almost do a, a, a what if what if we what if we did this what if i tweaked it here and dial a bit in so it's very um it's very user friendly to and it almost becomes more of, of a it's not a training to understand how to do it it becomes understanding how it's using your data and it makes it fun uh, right so many what if scenarios you can tweak your dials what's important to the business where do you need to focus at and start seeing the sort of reporting and analysis that comes out of it to help really take your analysis to the next level or the accuracy of your forecast to the next level that that sounds yeah, okay. so, so interesting you know because i've always seen i've implemented a lot of solutions throughout my career and i always see the business users take about a cycle of about 6 months right to kind of become experts on the tool right before they actually start getting creative and what you're talking about is hey you're not going to spend 6 months learning how to use the tool you're going to spend 6 months learning how to become more creative on yourself to ask more yeah. and more questions yeah. right that that's yeah. that excites me and i'm not even using the tool wow that's awesome okay yeah yeah we 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 just we wanted to create it as an experience right rather than some a tool right it's it's you want you have all this data you wanted to do more with the data right and it's it's on you right it's not on the tool right so i mean you got it right it's it's an experience it's not yeah, yeah, it's not it's a training definitely an experience correct yeah you, every time every tool i've put out there and every tool i've used there's always comes like this big gap of learning how to use the tool right and then you're not even really doing anything other than learning how to use the tool right and 6 months are kind of down the drain uh versus here you you're going to be engaging in the tool and, and that sounds very exciting and well with that i kind of want to sum up the entire conversation and, and come to an end and thank you guys so much for your time and and kind of put it in in a overall in a balance right algo retailing where do you guys foresee algo retailing in the next year right how is that going to change the game for everybody i think one one of the key things which we would see um, and it's already happening um, it's it's inevitable right uh, with 
I think art is important. Art is still going to be very relevant. But science has uh, taken some precedence as well, right? So, uh, but science cannot do it all. Um, so it's it's that right mix. It's that right combination of uh, the art and science. Um, that's that's going to be big. Um, the companies, uh, uh, whether it's Amazon, whether it's Stitch Fix, uh, um, they are all there because they are uh, they have adopted it. So everyone has to adopt it, right? So it's just a matter of time, right? So whoever does it faster or earlier, they will reap the benefits, right? So there's no questions about that. Yeah, I think definitely it's going to um, enable the business users who are making those decisions every day to react faster. Um, they have more data at their fingertips to be more informed and, you know, can just make um, better decisions, make more of them, um, you know, without waiting on these long cycles for reports and so on that, that they might have before. Awesome. Awesome. No, thank you. Alexandra, do you, do you have any input as well? Yeah, I mean, just from a user perspective or a finance perspective is you see AI and machine learning and so many other things that we use today, right, on your smartphones and Netflix apps, so many other places. And the idea of having that integrated into the financial analysis and cash flow forecasting and work that you're doing every day is is exciting, right? Why why would we wait? Why is it only used elsewhere? That should be something that's brought in to enhance the finance process and the forecasting abilities. Yeah, no, absolutely. I agree. It almost seems like it should be the other way around, right? It should have started within the internal business segment <laughs> rather than the typical users out there. But hey, it's, it, the important thing is that it's coming. The important thing is that it's taking place. And the most important thing is the, the benefits that it's going to give to all businesses out there, right? Whether they're big or small, because one thing I want to emphasize to everybody listening, I know we have a lot of entrepreneurs, we have a lot of executives, is this is not just an enterprise retail solution, right? This is, you're, you're selling goods and services, you're selling goods out to a particular market. This is a tool that you can definitely benefit from, right? But that way you don't have to have an entire huge finance department behind you. I mean, you just have to have really creative, key people that are going to be able to utilize the tool and take it to the next level, right? So it's about maximizing your resources and your capabilities. Uh, so with that, thank you guys so much for joining me once again. It has been great talking to you guys. I really appreciate your input and I always love talking to professionals with such high level of expertise like yourselves. If you wish to have a conversation with us, then email us at retailcorner at proxima360.com or visit our website at theretailcorner.proxima360.com. Thank you so much for tuning in. Stay safe and see you next time.